This is Stephen McHugh reporting for Unique Dyslexic. I Radio. Hello, hello, hello. This is Stephen McHugh here for Unique Dyslexic I. I've been off air for a while. Uh, I had a really busy, 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 busy academic year uh, with my support work with uh, dyslexic neurodiverse and disabled students at university. I think it was a bit of a record-breaking year for the number of hours worked. Basically, it meant that um, by the end of the academic year, I was worn out. I know when I was teaching full-time, the holidays would come along, especially the summer holidays, and I'd spend the first two weeks being ill because I was just working so hard at, at, at being a teacher, being a specialist teacher. And so I just needed the time off. It's like my body just... It's like the stress and the strain of it all was keeping me standing upright, you know. And when that went, it kind of like my body collapsed in a heap of jelly, <laughs> which is, uh, yeah. They say that we have lots of long holidays, but unfortunately, you know, uh, it does come with... Uh, the, the teaching is really hard work. And uh, for me personally, as a dyslexic, working in a non-dyslexic friendly environment, it was uh, challenging all the time. So, as I said, this is series three and this is episode one. Really, really fab to be back. The last academic year was was really good. As I said before, um, I saw a great many students last year, um, particularly in relation to the year before when COVID came. When COVID came, I think I lost about six months' work, which uh, really impacted on the income of the organisation, Dyslexia Pathways Kick. And so we managed this year to uh, overcome that somewhat. We're not we're not back on an even keel, um, but we, at least we're in a better position financially than we were the year before last, which is always good. So first of all, what I'm going to say is that if you're dyslexic, neurodiverse or disabled, if you have something that you'd like to talk about on air with the with my audience or with our audience, I'll say this again: this is your show, guys. You know, I may do the making of the show, but this is a, this is your show. It's not my show, really. And so, if you have something you'd like to share, you can either send me a video or send me a recording, and I will add it to either my unique dyslexic youtube or i will uh, put it on the show if that's what you would be happy to do um i, th- I think my listeners would all be, be happy to listen to other people's views other people's experiences of being dyslexic and neurodiverse or disabled if something positive is happening happened with you i mean please share that that would be that would be really good i mean my brother who is uh, a musician he's just released his third album which is really cool. And that all started because of COVID. Like Unique Dyslexic Eye, that all started because of COVID. You know, what things have you done because of COVID, you know, to help you get through COVID? I'll be really interested. I'm sure my listeners would be really interested to know what you've been doing. This is Stephen McHugh reporting for Unique Dyslexic Eye Radio. This is Stephen McHugh for Unique Dyslexic Eye. I am talking to Jack Burt who is a student at Heriot Watt University. Hi, Jack. How are you today? Hi, Stephen. Thank you. No, I'm, I'm doing fine. Excellent. Busy, busy as always at Heriot Watt. <laughs> Can you uh, tell me the name of your course and, and what you're doing at the moment? Yes, yeah, so I'm doing a postgraduate MSc in Mechanical Engineering. 
So I've done my undergraduate at Harry Watt as well. So this is now I'm, I'm back again for the, the fifth year I studied. Five years is yeah, a long time to go through. Why did you choose Harriet Watt? What was the what was the reason that you chose Harriet Watt? Yeah, well, actually, it's quite a funny story, actually, because I've done brightest watts, which is a sort of wee thing they run with school kids when you're 15, 16. So whilst you're at high school, you get to come to Harriet Watt for a week and see, like, sort of what the university does. You know, they show you the engineering bit, the physics department, all the sort of physical stuff that you can show a younger person. So they do, like, experiments and, like, show you the racing car they have for a former student. And it's sort of just to entice you in. And to be honest with you, it's perfect advertisement because it worked. Hmm. So obviously I never came to university straight from college, uh, school. I went to college first. So I done my HNC and my HND at college. And really they said, look, you've got a direct partnership with Edinburgh Napier. So no matter what happens at college, you'll have a place at Edinburgh Napier. And in that way, like, I just didn't like it. I mean, the building itself just looked like a big college and it looked like a high school. And I thought, you know, I'm, I'm wanting a bit more from that. You know, I've done a lot of work. So I inherited what was always in the back of my mind. So I put a UCAS application and ended up getting accepted for a second year direct entry. So that's how I ended up here. No, that's good news. That's good news. And... I understand what you're saying about Harry Watt is a beautiful place. It's got lots of lovely grounds and, yeah. you know, I think it's a really nice place to, to study and to teach. Can we go back to your time at school? Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk to me a little bit about primary school? What was good about primary school? Is this where you found out you were dyslexic? Tell me a little bit yeah, about primary school. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I mean, I had a great time at primary school and even high school, but for me, I wasn't diagnosed with dyslexia until third year university so it was I always I think as my mum was always very quite hands on and really quite uh, sort of like active without my school years so like there was trouble with spelling there was trouble with reading and writing at primary school but she sat and done spelling tests every night so it became muscle memory so when it came to spell a word it wasn't because I knew how to spell the word it was just because I knew the selection of letters that followed. Yeah. So it worked. I almost worked my way out of dyslexia at school. <laughs> you and found your own way forward, and you had support yeah, exactly. There was always there was so much like work that went into it, and then even at high school, you know, I was always quite sort of. I wasn't academically gifted, but I could put the work in. Yeah. And equations I found easier because you had a solution at the end of it. And oddly enough, I actually got a B at higher English because it was all, I'm really, really imaginative, like most dyslexic people are, they've got great imagination. So when they says like, you've got the essay part and then you can actually like, write your own sort of poetry section. So yeah. I've done okay in the essay. I got like a B grade or a C grade in the essay. Then the actual written part was imaginative. I got an A. Yeah. So you can see the sort of two things where it's like, if I'm let loose, I can then produce good work. But then the stuff that's a wee bit more set to it was always a bit harder, but... No, so I mean, through high school and school was great. High school was a wee bit more difficult because it was like the higher exams and that, I just couldn't focus. And that was where they presented to me with college. It says you could go to college two days a week and do engineering, yeah. which is what I was always passionate about. I mean, I was always into the motorbikes, the cars, you know, gadgets and things like that. So it was always sort of like, you know, I was always brought up to be an engineer from the word go. That's what really sort of pushed me towards it, yeah. And it kind of also feeds the creative part of being dyslexic as well because engineers are very creative I think you have to have creative oh, solutions yeah exactly and at college as well they gave you the opportunity to actually go and make your own products so you know I told you before that I made a, a gas turbine jet engine and that was for an exam you know so you got to make something that you wanted to make yeah. and then pass the final exam by doing it so yeah. it really worked in my favour yeah again it's, it's hands on you know and we like the hands on I, I, I used to work I actually ran an engineering course 
some time ago uh, for dyslexics and they could what we would do is we take the engine apart look at the relationship between things and put it back together and they would they would be able to do that really well they might not be able to spell engineering engineering or whatever but they knew how to you know how the engine worked simply by taking it apart and putting it together and I, I, I think that's really good that's a really good idea as well about I think you're saying basically long periods of study didn't suit you and maybe short no. periods were better Oh, without a doubt, yeah. I mean, it's I could do more than fifty minutes than I could do in an hour. Yeah, and that's that's way the, the way we should work. Little and often, dyslexics. I always advise dyslexics to work little and often rather for long periods. So I was actually going to talk a little bit about secondary school, but I don't think we need to now. Did anybody mention anything to offer you a little bit of support when you were doing your work at, at secondary well, I mean, school? At primary school, there was there was signs at primary school. So again, I was always very very good at reading, but it was like. Speed-wise and processing speed was slower, so mm. they would say, "Wait, we'll, we'll maybe put you in a support class for reading," and that way they could sense there was maybe not a hundred percent understanding. But since because I always got through, that was a thing. Like I always managed, so it was like, you always done okay. So it was like always B's. I was never like always brilliant at this A's, and then always a disastrous at this C's. Since it was just consistently chugging along, they left it. Yeah. No, because there was never anything like noticeable apart from like the going, oh, you know, like, maybe processing speed isn't up to scratch, but you can read well, you know, you could read a passage, you were quite confident doing presentations and stuff. So, again, they just left it. Yeah. Not a stereotypical dyslexic in terms of the no, reading no, side no, of things. No, Because, really again, like, I'm, I'm quite good at I've told through our session, Stephen, you know, I'm quite big in report writing. Yeah. So, it is, it's more processing speed, organisation, and even a wee bit of mathematics as well, because I always get numbers mixed up. So it could actually be a form of dyscalculia instead of straight dyslexia. <laughs> yeah, well, we just don't, we don't know. That's the thing. So yeah. now, now, when when we first started Harriet Watt, how did how did we manage the the difference between college and Harriet Watt, or was there any difference for you? Well, again, that was, I think one of the big benefits of college going to university is the fact that it doesn't seem that much of a stretch. You know, because obviously, you know, like at high school, it's very you know thirty students to a teacher. Everybody knows everybody's name. Whereas in the college setting, they were going straight away from, right, no, you have an assignment that's yours. You come back to the lecturer in a week and he will help you through a tutorial session, which is very similar to university. You know, you're getting a lecture, you're getting given, and then there's a tutorial where you can ask for help. But I had the transition sort of easement it, whereas I seems to be a lot of lectures are like, wow, this is completely different to school. This is like, you know, nobody knows each other. There's big, big doesn't even know who you are. Difficult to me. It was a, a natural transition. Okay. Um. So, can you tell me a little bit about um, any support that may have been available for you at Herrick? What, what what sort of a support was there available, and did you access it straight away, or or or, or did, were you recommended it, or what? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. No. So again, I'm, again, I'm very unlucky because. And my full second year, and then it went straight into COVID. The second semester of second year was when COVID started. So I had the full, second semester of second year, and then the whole third year was straight, you know, like online work because of COVID. Yeah. And that was when we started to see that I was running out of time for assessments. I wasn't getting my work done in that time. And it was clearly to see, like, and again, like, well, no, you're, you're, you're doing fine with coursework that's a month in advance. Yeah. When there's a set time test, you're, you're failing every one of them because you're not getting the, the right answer because you've ran out of time. Yeah. Your working's always half done. 
So I presented that to the lecturer and, and uh, again at student support and says, you know, I'm running out of time here. I don't know if I can I get extra time. Is that possible? And then he says, oh no, this might actually be a problem. You know, they they clocked that straight away as maybe being a bit of an issue. Yeah. So then they said to me, no, you can go for an assessment. And uh, we've done the dyslexia assessment with Harry Watt and it came back. I was sure enough, it was my processing speed for that type of work was below average, which is consistent with dyslexia. So Harry Watt, it was funny, you think, I went through the whole of school, primary school, secondary school and college, and it was never noticed. It was always put in the back burner. Yeah. And then one, one email to Harry Watt and it's like instant, <laughs> you know, you've got an assessor, you've got, right, we'll put the extra time in place because it's came back and any support on that, you know, you'll get it straight away. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's funny that when people talk about dyslexia, they say primary school and secondary school is where it's picked up. But sometimes it, it, in primary and secondary school, we manage to compensate for being dyslexic. Yeah. And then we go into university or college. And then because of the level of work and the, the more kind of stress on organisation, then the dyslexic kind of things show up. And, you know, so... It, it's you know it's always something I advise any student who seems to be struggling at university is to go along to the student student support services and see if you can get yourself some a screening test for dyslexia or whatever and it might be that you are and then you can get um, disabled students allowance which is oh, good. Without a doubt, and even like the fact that like you know, again it could just be something as simple as I'm not getting the work done in time hmm. and that, that might merit enough just to go and send an email and just say can we talk about this and. Again, like the support services are here, so use them. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, right now we're really, really busy. We've got lots and lots of stuff on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you see, or where do you see yourself going after university's finished? Oh yeah, I mean, I've actually got, and obviously we've been sort of final year of what your studies, you, you know, your stuff lined up, and I've got a couple of jobs lined up that I could go into, but. Dr. Crichton, who's a, a lecturer at Harry Watt, seems to be trying to almost groom me into a PhD. Oh, right. uh, he's, pre- he's presented his PhD projects, which once are presented from a lecture, they're actually a paid project. They're doing research for whatever they're doing, you know, their their research themselves. So I may end up doing another three years at Harry Watt, who knows? <laughs> and you actually enjoy the academic environment? Yeah, I enjoy just having the freedom to look at research and test stuff and, you know, Again, I'm quite innovative in terms of like you know energy and renewable energy and things like that. So I would quite like to make a difference. Yeah, and there'd be plenty of work available for experts in renewables and uh, yeah. and and new technologies. And uh, you're doing you're you're on your way to getting there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if I was to ask you about a couple of things, couple of couple of bits of advice you'd give to somebody at school or somebody at college about going to university what would you what what sort of advice would you give them and of I mean, course I if they're me, dyslexic sorry I'm, I'm, yeah I mean of course I mean I tell them the truth that you know the workload is heavy you know there are going to be days where you're going to have a lot on but you just you need to show confidence and you can't hide away from it you know you know life isn't easy you know there are times where you're going to be stressed or times you're going to have a right laugh and we obviously being dyslexic if you know at school make sure the support's in place when you start. Yeah. You know, don't jump into university and then try and get stuff moving. You know, be the first there. As soon as you've got your place, you know you're going, you've got an unconditional offer, start to contact the relevant services because all the email addresses are online. Yeah. So it's not, it's public knowledge. You know, here it what you can contact student services without being a student. You know, as long as you've got some 
connection. So that's what I'd say. I'd say get in early, get the support put in place, and that make the a lot easier. Yeah. And then it just you know first and second year you do have time, you know, to ease yourself to build up to the sort of heavier studies in the later years before you graduate. So just sort of ride the wave and enjoy it. But just you know go in with the confidence knowing. Right, it's going to be hard work, but I'm capable. Because anybody is capable. I wasn't academically gifted. I done it through hard work. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. I, I, when I walked away from school, I didn't think I had an academic bone in my body, and yeah. going to university wasn't anything I was thinking about at the time. And also, again, my advice is that from coming from college, I've seen a lot of mature students. So you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be straight from high school. Oh, I've missed my place. You know, yeah. you can do college at 25, 26, even in your thirties, and still. Want to do a degree, so oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna say thank you very much for your time. Oh, no, thank you, yeah, thanks for having me, Stephen. <laughs> no, it's fine, though. I really enjoyed our little chat, and I'm sure my listeners will enjoy the chat. This is Stephen McHugh reporting for Unique Dyslexic I Radio. That brings us to the end of episode one from series three of Unique Dyslexic Eye. Hope you enjoyed the show. It would be good and help us with our footprint if you could leave a like or maybe follow or maybe even join the Unique Dyslexic Eye clan. Secondly, if you are dyslexic or neurodiverse and you want to get involved with the show, you have something to say, something you'd like to share, just contact me and we can get you on the show. My uh, email is steve, S-T-E-V-E, underscore McHugh, M-C-C-U-E, at hotmail.com. Just contact me and let's see if we can get you on the show. That would be fab. I have a wee bit of news as well. Some good news for a change. I've managed to get myself a couple of mentors. I've got a mentor from the Social Value Lab. And they're going to help me try and um, show people the value we bring to people who get involved with um, Unique Dyslexic Eye. It's not something that I've ever felt very comfortable in doing, like blowing my own trumpet. But it needs to be done. For example, if I was going to go and try and get some more funding, we'd need to show some social value. I already had a go at doing that with my latest blog. Uh, I've just basically put down some reviews that we've got from people who have used our services and got in touch with us. The other one is um, I've also got a mentor coming from the Cranfield Trust. That's all about me trying to improve the business. For example, before COVID, I put together three new training packages which I was going to try and roll out just at the time when COVID came. Hopefully uh, some support with rolling those out. I've also asked for some support. We're trying to monetize the pods, casts and the blogs. We will see if that's possible. Finally, it would be good if I can find some help with what we're doing. Maybe somebody who could help with building a new website for Unique Dyslexic Eye. Or maybe somebody who would like to do some editing for the show. Whatever you think you feel that you would like to try and help us with. I'd like to get a new board of directors together as well. Okay, so that is this. that's all there is from me. So it's peace, love grooviness from me steve McHugh, at unique dyslexic eye and dyslexia pathways community interest company thanks very much for your time this is Stephen McHugh reporting for unique dyslexic i radio